0: Thank you for listening to this European Centre for Development Policy Management's ECDPM's Talking Points Audio. In this clip, ECDPM's Head of Strategy, Joan Besoit, discusses what the future might hold for political economy analysis and what discontinuation of the methodology might mean. This is part three of a four-part series. If you have any comments, leave them below. Uh, so, a last point maybe that we would like to emphasize. So, what next? What will happen now? Um, Well, I think it's important to avoid a battle between believers and non-believers of political economy analysis, and that would not be very productive. Uh, As I said, this is a complex exercise, and it's always good to take stock and to learn. But let's learn collectively and see how this can be a good tool. And there are limitations, of course, so it's good to be prudent. But uh, the important point is to jointly uh, share experiences and jointly, in a participatory way, see how this tool can be improved. Um, and to do it in an open and transparent way. I think that's very important. And then uh, maybe what next? Well, I think if uh, you look at the realities in the field of cooperation in 2013, uh, what do you see? You see that whether you like it or not, it is already becoming much more political. If you add up all the communications the commission has issued the last five years, they all go in the same direction. We want more political cooperation. We emphasize more democracy, governance and human rights. Our budget support will be linked to these political aspects. We want to work with civil society as actors of governance. We want to empower local authorities. You name it. You cannot find one communication, or it is full with this kind of words, that uh, it's more political. We have to look at actors. These actors have interest. we have to navigate in this, in this political world and then push our own values. So in, in other words, all these communications are saying the job of cooperation is also a highly political job. That's the reality. And then, uh, if you agree with this analysis, then, of course, you need also the tools to be a political player. Uh, It would be an absolute error to, on the one hand, uh, emphasize in all the communications that for cooperation to be effective, for results to be achieved with all these millions of euros in a time of crisis. Uh, uh, In difficult environments, often that you need to be more political, Well, if you say A, you also have to say B, and then you have to say, okay, let's equip ourselves with all the available tools that are there, Uh, And then you need, you badly need uh, political economy analysis, that should be the principle. But how you do it, of course you can discuss it, if you prefer to change the modalities uh, tested out now, if you want to work less or more with external concerns, that's not the essence. The essence is that the delegations can really have the tools to properly read a rapidly evolving political situation, to detect where the traction in the society, what are the real actors of change, and that they can then tailor their cooperation accordingly. That's political economy analysis all about, and there are other tools that can help with this. You really need this. Uh, How you do it, that's another debate, and uh, that's a question of modalities. But the worst would be for European cooperation credibility is that you go very far in the political road in terms of policy discourse and that you remain under equipped in terms of instruments. That would be a recipe for failure. And uh, to conclude, maybe with the example of the recent uh, auditor report, uh, Court of Auditor report on Egypt. Uh, which uh, uh, concluded uh, with a methodology that one could discuss, eh, but uh, concluded that uh, most of the European support was not useful, uh, especially in in terms of governance and human rights, uh, and uh, that we should have done much more with available resources. That remains to be seen. eh? You can have a lot of arguments about the methodology used to arrive at these conclusions, but it shows again that you are very vulnerable to this kind of uh, criticisms and evaluations if you cannot show that you have really tried to inject resources into an arena, political arena, that you really know as far as possible. And uh, it can help even the Commission to protect itself against this kind of accusations that uh, everything has been ineffective and the leverage was not used. political analysis is also very sobering in terms of telling you but don't expect change in five years. The the, the forces that are there in front of you are very huge so uh, uh, even with uh, uh, a substantial amount of aid you will not arrive at the change. I mean, this is also an advantage of political economy analysis and that it can protect you against unrealistic expectations, both from the Commission itself, uh, but they know and they, they try to minimalize their own expectations because they know it's so difficult, but especially from external stakeholders who come with eyes and sometimes it believes that reform is something you can buy, that you can quickly get results. No, let's forget it. It's not possible. So political economy analysis is also a very good way to be much more realistic on what an external actor, including a big one, with good people on the ground, with good instruments, with good policies, can achieve. So it's also in the interest of the uh, European Union to uh, <laughs> almost <in the laughs> to protect itself to mainstream this use of this, this kind of instruments. But again, how you do it, let's discuss it. it can always be improved yeah, at the beginning of the story. Yeah? Voilà. That was Jean Bessette, Head of Strategy, talking about political economy analysis. Thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, leave your comment below.